be able to bring the word of the Lord this morning, and um, I get to talk about my two favorite things, the manifest presence of God and Christmas. So <laughs> I was telling the first service, I think it's my favorite holiday, maybe even more than my birthday. Um, but then I think about how much I love my birthday, and then it's like the birth of Jesus, the birth of Rochelle. It's like, mm, I don't know. They're both pretty great. So, <laughs> all right, let's get to the word of God. Amen. I'm going to read um, Luke chapter 2, and it's going to be behind me. So, if you want to follow along, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first sen ten uh, census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, um, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Can we pray for just a moment? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your presence that's resting in this house. I pray that we would experience the tangible manifest presence of who you are as we feast on your word this morning. I thank you that you've come to bring salvation, hope, and healing to all who believe. So we've come to this place to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this scene, right? What a beautiful scene. And so many different characters on the scene. Can you imagine it? There's heavenly hosts and angels and stars and wise men and shepherds and Mary and Joseph. And then eventually there's a baby Jesus. And, and so I want to talk to you guys this morning just about one perspective. And the perspective I want to talk about is the perspective of the shepherds. 
there is this really beautiful um, just mimicking almost of scripture from what our early church fathers believed was the expression of the manifest presence of God in our life. And so there were some early church fathers and um, and historical, the historical faith, they believe you can experience God's presence in three ways. And I see it correlate with how this, um, how you can see the shepherds experience this manger scene, so to speak. So the first one is um, they believe that active life, acquiring virtues and overcoming evil in everyday life is the first way you experience the manifest presence of God. And so in verse 8, it says, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. I think it's so interesting. They were just doing their regular thing. They were just doing what they were supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden, they encountered divine invasion of their reality. I think sometimes we create this separation between our regular life and manifest presence of God. Like somehow I can experience God just as much at this altar than I can doing dishes. Driving my kids to school. At my job. Loving people on the street. You know, I think we have to build the bridge back together of the chasm we've created that separates the divine from the natural. And somehow my experience of God has to look a certain way when these shepherds were just doing their regular job. And they were doing it really well. They were the midnight watch. They were the, the late guys that had to stay up late and, and stay awake and make sure the, sh- the sheep were taken care of. Even in the lowest places, I believe God was revealing something really powerful. He was saying there is no job that's too menial. There is no servantness. There is no way to serve that's, that's below anybody because I will reveal myself to the lowest places. There's this um, quote I want to read. We are not out of the way of divine visits when we are sensibly employed in an honest calling and abide with God in it. I want you to think about You know, when I think about that, I think about just somebody that's just doing something regular. You know, I get to be the mom of five beautiful children. And I love all of my kids. And I have grace for every mom with toddlers, but not that much. Because you think you're busy now, and you have not seen anything yet. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I am so busy, I'm so busy, and I have all these little tiny babies. And then they turned into teenagers. And now they make more messes. They smell worse. And I'm way busier than I ever was. There is this moment that you almost dread as a parent. 
that comes right around three o'clock and it doesn't really end until about 9.30 and you're just, you're non-stop. And I think about those moments and I think about God, I want you to invade those moments, please Jesus, and rescue me out of my circumstances. And the Lord is like, I want to reveal myself to you in those things, in all of those little things. So while we're doing our daily, regular living, our life, our awareness of his presence in that regular stuff postures us to receive and to experience the manifest presence of God, making good choices in our everyday life postures us to experience the manifest presence of God. You know, I think that we should not at all ever in our life devalue making good choices. You know, you ever remember being like a teenager? If you were a teenager Christian, can you just wave at me? Did you ever say this? Why... Do I have to make good choices? My friends make bad choices, and they're having way more fun than I am. Never devalue making good decisions. Because in that, we're experiencing the manifest presence of God. Living a generous life postures us to experience his manifest presence. Living generously, generous in our love, generous in our devotion, generous in our lifestyle. Just, have you ever just been around somebody and you're like, they're just giving. Like, give you their clothes, give you their food, give you whatever. They're just a giving person. That's the manifest presence of God resting on their life. They're participating with the generosity of heaven. And that's what we're supposed to do. Living generous. Now, the second thing that um, the early church fathers believed was this next level of experiencing the manifest presence of God. And you can see it clearly in the shepherds is the contemplation of nature to see God in all things and all things in God, to treat the world around us as a sacrament of presence. To treat the world around us as a sacrament of the presence of God. This is what I believe they experienced. The wonderfulness of a vision, the importance of the thing related, and the eagerness of their spirit to see the thing that was told to them. And because of that, because they understood the value of that, they hurried to find him. They hurried. There was no hesitation. Nothing held them back from running after that manifestation of their salvation. You know, um, sometimes on the journey, when we go through things, even in the things that we might, we know aren't necessarily from God, are we able to really experience his presence in the midst of it? You know, I think about um, our, our um, friends at Bethel Church in Reading, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but one of their worship leaders 
um, their, their, uh, their little baby girl, two years old, didn't wake up. And I think it was last Saturday she didn't wake up. And so that church, the entire church, for five days they prayed and worshipped. Five days. After the second day, I thought, would I still be worshipping? After the third day? After the fourth day? After the fifth day? And now... I'm, we're believing and we know what they're doing today. They're worshiping God anyway. They're worshiping God in the midst of their brokenness. There is a place in our brokenness where there is an experience of the manifest presence of God that even in our lowest places we know he's with us. When he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you, guess what, church? He meant it. He meant it. I remember, um, I think it was maybe three or four years ago now when our dear sister Flora went home to be with the Lord and we were in her room with her in the hospital and she just wanted to worship. She just wanted to worship the Lord. And the manifest presence of God was so real in that hospital room. And just minutes later, she would take her last breath on this earth and go be with Jesus. Jesus is in our brokenness. He said he went into hell and death itself so that he could be in the broken place with us. He is in the most broken place in humanity, redeeming it to his own heart. He is in your broken places, church. Think about these shepherds that probably were eagerly anticipating because they knew, see, Hebrew culture, Jewish culture, they believed that Jesus, their Messiah, they didn't know it was going to be Jesus, but they believed their Messiah was going to be born in the nighttime. So I wonder if they were waiting on the field with expectation of the hearing of their Savior. I bet they didn't think it would be them. The whole world at the time wondered why just a shepherd heard the news. Why, wouldn't it, why wasn't it a priest or a king? Because God wanted to reveal that in the lowest, lowest places, he's there revealing who he is. The lowest places. Can we see beauty in creation? This positions us to experience Jesus. You know, um, my husband is, he loves nature and nature walks and being outside and the sun. And um, I really like movies and a movie theater with popcorn. So. So we'll go like on vacation and he's like, I'm going to go walk and, and go spend time with the Lord. So he does like a nature walk and God meets him there. It's awesome. But I remember, and I was trying to think of like, where have I experienced God in nature? 
But I remember about five years ago, my little angel, my Christmas angel, and I stole that from Zach, but our Layla, she's my Christmas angel. And as my kids get older, it's more and more sad. Like, is there any little tiny kids in here? Okay, I won't say that. But it's sadder and sadder that they just don't like the Christmas stuff as much as I do. So we went to FLM last night. About five minutes later, my big kids are like, are we done yet? My Christmas angel, you guys wonder why she's my favorite. My Christmas angel is like, we haven't seen every single twinkling light in this entire place. So she wants to do everything. But she's getting so big, so I hold on to every little precious moment. And I love all my kids. They know I love them all. Um, And the one sitting up here, she's like, no, we know. But I remember, gosh, it was like five years ago, and I had to wean her, and she was just a total mommy's baby, just nursed all the time. She was like nursing 24 hours a day. Like, just, that's it. That's all I did. Um, And so I had to wean her, and I remember having to go outside to distract her from the fact I wasn't nursing her so she could go to sleep. And it was like September, right? So September at nighttime in Vegas is literally the most beautiful time of the year. And so I'm outside and I'm rocking her. And I remember looking into the stars and just the beauty of my tiny little precious baby outside under the stars, just me and her and all of heaven. And just the revealing of the love of God in those moments. Do we see beauty in creation? Do we see God in it? Do we see beauty in humanity? I think especially this time of year where we are purposeful in our heart to be generous or give back because it's Christmas and that's what you're supposed to do. But what about in June when it's hot and you don't want to? There is a beauty of humanity that captivates our heart because of the manifest presence of God that we're able to see the face of Jesus in every life and understand that they are precious. Their life is precious. That is experiencing the manifest presence of God. The third thing that... Um, the early church fathers believed was the the final way we um, experience God or the, the deepest way we experience God is experiencing God himself beyond words and images, but in an actual manifestation of the reality of God himself. And this is what they called theology. See, today our Western mind where everything is about thinking and thought and knowledge, we think theology is here. Our early church fathers believed that theology was experiencing the manifest presence of God himself. Without knowledge, without words, without images, just experiencing God I wonder what it was like for the shepherds to come onto the scene of the manger. And it was exactly what the angel told them it was going to be. And it wasn't pretty. 
It was in a barn with animals and a little tiny baby wrapped in rags, sitting in a feeding trough where they would feed the pigs. That's what it looked like. And they walk on this scene and the angel said, this is what you're going to find. And then they find it. They found Jesus. They found salvation. They found their master. We get to experience the reality of God himself. This is what happens, I believe, when we stop, we listen, and we hurry to the one, the one thing, right? Letting go of the other things, we hurry to the one thing. We experience the true and living God. We run to him. Now, we say this, right, because we don't have to actually run to God. He's always with us. But you know what I mean? Like when you're just like, God, this is where I'm going. I'm doing all of these things. I'm checking off all of my lists. Wait, you're with me. And our heart turns and postures itself to experience the manifest presence of God. I believe we can experience his presence in everything that we do. Everything we do, we can experience the manifest presence of God. I'm going to close if... There you are. See, what happens afterwards, I think, is one of the most beautiful things. And this is what I want to close. And, and maybe we'll continue our series, or maybe we won't. But I believe there is an actual realization of why we experience the manifest presence of God. There is something that comes out of our life when we are people that experience who he is and it what happens is the whole world knows everyone around us has to believe see when when the shepherds came on this scene they didn't just sit there in the manger that wasn't their portion when the when the shepherds came on the scene they didn't just camp out in a barn when the shepherds came onto the scene and they realized what the angel had told them was reality, they left. And the Bible says that they made everyone known what they heard. They made it known to all of their region what they had just experienced. They made it known to every person that walked by them. Salvation has come to our house. Salvation has come to the house of God. Salvation has come to the earth. Our healer, our redeemer has come. They said, don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ our Lord. Our Lord has been born. I read this commentary and I want to read it to us because I believe it's a charge 
to all of Christianity once we understand the revelation of the gospel of Jesus, when we experience the manifest presence of God, it does something on the inside of us. We must do something. You know, when my kids do something cute, it's my favorite thing to post and see everybody talk about how cute they are. That's just my kid doing something cute. I, I want the world to know what I've experienced because of what the manifest presence of God has done to change my life. So this commentary says, let us go across the country at the nearest that we may lose no time that we may speedily see this glorious reconciler of God and man that we would see the reconciler of God and man all delays are dangerous but he who delays to seek Jesus when the angels the messengers of God bring him glad tidings of salvation risks his present safety and his eternal happiness oh what would the damned in hell give for those moments in which the living here of salvation had they the same possibility of receiving it reader be wise acquaint thyself now with god and be at peace and thereby good will come unto thee jesus has come to our house today his presence has been made manifest in our house today so take the salvation that he brings the healing that he brings the deliverance that he brings receive what Jesus has brought to you today let's pray thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you for your manifest presence in this place Lord I thank you that as as we can see this beautiful picture this beautiful manger picture as we can almost put ourselves in that place of what it was like to maybe be a shepherd or where we hear an angel of the Lord saying your salvation is here. Your redemption is here. Your king has been born. Your Messiah has come. I pray as your people, God, we would be able to take this experience and make known to all of creation the salvation that they can have. That we would make known who you are in the earth, God. And we would not take lightly the revealing of your face to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in this place and you need prayer for anything, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. 
And if you need prayer for anything this morning, I want you to come eagerly, without hesitation. Run fast to your salvation. Run to your freedom. Why wait when he's here? If you're broken in this season or hurting, just need to receive whatever God has for you, I encourage you, just come. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for grace and life and freedom. I thank you that everything we need you have for us. So we partake in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.